Hi, this is Dr. Kara Wada. I'm a board-certified pediatric and adult allergy, immunology, and lifestyle medicine physician, certified life coach, medical educator, and systemic Sjogren's patient. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and empower while discussing all things related to allergies, autoimmunity, and anti-inflammatory things. My goal is to help you navigate the healthcare and wellness industries with more clarity and control. If this sounds incredible to you, then you are in the right place. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to our new listeners. We haven't met. My name is Dr. Kara Wada. I'm a board-certified pediatric and adult allergy, immunology, lifestyle medicine doc, certified life coach, and a systemic Sjogren's patient. We talk about all things related to allergy, autoimmunity, and anti-inflammatory living, but a big part of that is learning how to navigate the healthcare and wellness industries, really, and doing that with confidence and clarity. I love bringing on folks to talk with and have conversations with that really are exemplifying how we can do that in the best ways possible and doing that in innovative ways. I am so incredibly excited to talk today with Dr. Urquita DeRowan. She is a triple board certified family diversity and lifestyle medicine physician. She's an incredible thought leader in healthcare innovation, and she is so passionate about merging the human aspect of medicine with the field of emerging technology, which is something that gets me totally nerded out as well. Dr. DeRowan believes in putting people first, utilizing her gift of listening, communicating, and connecting the missing pieces to solve complex problems. And she finds so much joy in mentoring as she believes it's one should always share their gifts to uplift others. She hosts a pre-med and medical student geared podcast to expand the amount of people she can mentor called the prospective doctor. And it's incredible resource for those future physicians. She's also a board member for Girl Developing Inc., which is increasing the number of women and non-binary people in tech. And she's a two-time best-selling author who also has a TED Talk entitled, Did Disney Just Save Healthcare? Imagine this. I would Love to welcome Dr. Urquita DeRowan. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today so that we can talk about all the things. Thank you so much for having me. I am literally like so excited because I've been on quite a few podcasts. And as you mentioned, I host my own, but we have several connections too. A while back, almost probably a year ago, you were a guest on my podcast and you were sharing your information and your knowledge with the future doctors of America, which is so important, especially when we need advocates in so many spaces, including those with autoimmune diseases. And you mentioned my TEDx talk, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon, but you were also a presenter there. So there's so many little connections. So I'm super excited for us to chat. It was so cool. Over the last several years, as this virtual space has exploded with healthcare and physician entrepreneurs and all the things in social media, we've met and connected with all these incredible humans. And it was so cool to realize you exist in real life, like (laughs) fangirling. Yeah, we're living in a virtual world, but like being in person is cool too. So (laughs) got to balance. 
So maybe you could share a little bit. How did you end up where you are and what you're doing? Sure, I will try to make it as succinct as possible in terms of my journey. Those who are listening, I will warn you, I'm a little bit chatty, but here's my story. So I'm originally from the DC metro area, and I've always wanted to be a doctor since I was little. There are pictures of me at three during Christmas time, like with little doctor kits and things like that. But of course, kids want to be everything. So I think I also wanted to be like an archaeologist because that was cool. And yeah, I wanted to be like a little digger. But then I was like, ew, dirt, gross. But then I also wanted to be a weather girl too. I guess with life, I decided that I loved people and chatting and all of those things. And I love science. So I married that into becoming a physician. I was very type A type person, like most physicians are, where I checked my boxes in high school. I was on the shock trauma team where we went on the weekends to like the emergency room and watched the doctors do their thing. When I was looking for colleges, I wanted to go to historically Black college and university. I looked up the specific ones in the regions that I wanted to go that had the highest rate of students who were able to matriculate and move on into medical school. That was another checklist thing. I ended up going into Hampton University, which was an awesome experience out there on the ocean, all that kind of stuff on the East Coast in Virginia. I ended up getting accepted into an early medical school selection program. There I did classes and lived with 15 other students who were from similar backgrounds, from a historically Black college and university and a historically Latin community as well. And it was like real world. We got 15 strangers picked to live together in a house. We lived in a brownstone in Boston and we studied together. We ate together. We became best friends. Really does happen. I'm going to one of my best friend's baby showers this weekend in Atlanta. But back to the story. We all lived together. We took courses the summer after our sophomore year and our junior year of college. And then we were like transplants our senior year. We left our colleges and went and did a year at BU for doing pre-meds courses as well as medical school courses. And then we matriculated into the school. It was kind of a different kind of path of entering medical school. And in hindsight, there were pluses and minuses. Yes, I came in with a cohort of people I was familiar with, learned the study styles, learned all of those things ahead of time. But for those who are listening now who may be in that pre-med space, it's totally okay to take a gap year and figure out what you want to do or do another career. Because I always tell people if there's absolutely anything that you could consider being besides a doctor, do that first. And then if you decide that you still want to be a doctor, then come on. It was very interesting to meet all of my classmates and colleagues who had come, who had been in banking and finance and social workers and all of these other things and the, the perspective that they could bring as opposed to someone who's just been straight medicine through. With that, I decided that I love primary care because going back to that story about me loving talking to people and helping them, I decided gung-ho primary care, which worked out. I entered family medicine and I decided to come back home. So I left Boston and went to the University of Maryland in Baltimore, where I worked with the family medicine program and we served the underserved there. It was wonderful. There, I also joined the National Health Service Corps 
and I worked at a federally qualified health center where 50% of my patients were undocumented, uninsured. It was also an LGBT-focused clinic, so a lot of our patients had HIV or had were transgender. It was a great, wonderful, enriching experience. And I love serving the patients, but I was looking for something different. There is a lot of uh, bureaucracy in medicine. At that clinic, we also ended up unionizing five of the clinics while I was there. It was an experience to see like the other side of medicine and how you can help it grow and how you can also serve patients. When I began looking for something more and something different, I was learning about this thing called telemedicine, but it was way before it was cool. So I was like, what is this thing? Looking at it on Facebook groups, talking to different people. And I decided to take the leap and I got so much feedback like, you can't do that. That'll ruin your career or no one will ever use it and all of these kinds of things. But that was before the pandemic. So we would say this is pre-pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So this is about 2017, 2018. So there were a lot of unknowns. So I decided to take a leap and move into telemedicine. And from there, grew in leadership, became a medical director, all of those things, learned how product development works and things that they don't necessarily teach us about the business side of medicine, and decided to transition after that to start consulting for other telehealth groups and speaking. I've always been a fan of mentorship, like we talked about in my intro. So I've been on panels and things like that. But during the pandemic, I was looking to talk to other people, honestly. I saw an ad about taking over a podcast. That's where I decided to join the Perspective Doctor because it had been around for about a year before I started. Then also engaging in speaking opportunities to spread awareness about the things that we have been seeing in medicine, whether or not it's female leadership, increasing minorities and diversity in leadership, working to advocate for health equity because working in those underserved clinics in the past, there were glaring disparities, not only with race, but also gender, sexuality, disabilities, all of these different things. And people were not necessarily highlighting that. So I've been working to speak with other organizations about how they can be more equitable in spaces, not only in healthcare, but in corporate environments, because they have certain packages for wellness and things like that. And they're not always equitable in addressing the needs of their employees. That's another place where I was just thinking where we had connected because you were able to share that expertise at the ILA Autoimmune Warrior Summit and bring together those elements of equity within the space, diversity in all of its forms, including like ableism too, which is so powerful. Yeah. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your TED Talk? Because it was so incredible. Thank you. I love talking about things that you just heard in my long 30-minute intro. But this was actually my favorite because when I applied to speak at a TEDx, for those who don't know, TEDx is an organization uh, under Big TED where we spread ideas. And it can be any idea, but just something that you want to change or you want to highlight in the world. My idea was talking about collaboration in healthcare. And as I started to think about it and do research when I was doing my talk, I learned about a system in Disney. The title of my TED Talk is, Did Disney Just Save Healthcare? Imagine this. It talks about my experience and other people's experience of working with patients as a physician 
where they may not have the resources that they need to get through and get the care that they need. It highlights one of my patients in particular who was not able to get dialysis because he didn't have insurance and things like in. He was also undocumented. He was left to die and it wasn't right. I talk about how now that I'm in telehealth, there is so many possibilities out there for us to think outside of the box and utilize technology to create out-of-the-box thinking. But there are little hiccups because we are practicing in a new environment, but practicing the way that we've always practiced, but just online. I looked into the Disney Imagineers, and for those who have not heard of them, they're a team of multidisciplinary individuals who work at Disney who are responsible for coming up with things, everything outside of like the movies and all of those things. So the parks and the cruise ships, all of those things that are just like magical. When you think about it, you like Imagineers, they're probably engineers, but no, they're like every particular career you could think about. If we took that and we translated it into healthcare, we could change the world. If we took experts who were community leaders, who worked in environments where they had to solve complex problems like pilots, brought them together to think outside the box and how we can work with innovation, we could save a lot of people. So from that, I gave them a cute little name called the pacemakers because they're gonna set the pace of healthcare innovation. I actually decided in 2023 to launch a group of pacemakers. Awesome. So you guys will be hearing more about that. I haven't really disclosed that until now, but we're going to come together and just kind of, <laughs> yeah, you heard it first here, breaking news. We're going to come together and work to change the healthcare system. And it's not going to be easy, but we need everyone on board. Amazing. I am feeling so energized with this. I have been working a little more closely with Isla Health. So my disclosure that I do have some affiliation with them. They really, I think, have this similar idea and concept that they're trying to bring forth with autoimmune care of bringing together patients and physicians and health coaches and dietitians and everyone and putting the patient in the center. But I love your idea of extending that further and really incorporating folks that are totally outside of healthcare to really blow any of those preconceived notions or those limiting beliefs that we talk about, like in the coaching session arena, totally out of the water. Because if you can take away some of those internal constraints, like the possibilities are really limitless. Absolutely. I love everything that Isla's doing. I assure you guys, we didn't pre like plan all no. those kind of things. It just comes up. All I coming together. Like, yeah. Organization. Yeah. And actually in the next year, a group of physicians and I will also be working with Isla to talk about how we can impact obesity because oh. it is an epidemic. I'm sure you'll be hearing about it and you'll probably That's be driving it. There are so many opportunities for us to come together in a multidisciplinary way with subject matter experts to help impact things that meet patients where they are and help them live healthier and more fulfilled lives. Yeah. I think as we think about healthcare and how we've talked offline, but like the system is incredibly broken. It's broken, obviously for patients, 
But I think as we've talked a little bit, it's also broken for those of us working within the environment and the practice of healthcare and seeing patients is very different than I think the story we imagined when we were those three-year-olds with our doctor kits or the pre-med student. It's a little cheesy and it's been said a lot, but it's really putting the healing and the health back into healthcare. Absolutely, because I think that we've all heard these stories of physicians becoming burnt out and us having a physician shortage where other people are stepping in who may not necessarily have all of the expertise that physicians have, but should be working collaboratively with them, but are working in other capacities because we don't have enough physicians there to help. I think that the pandemic definitely highlighted how broken our system is, how people were not able to see their children because of COVID, because they were serving patients and there is an altruistic manner there, but sometimes we have to remember that in order to help others, you got to help yourself. You have to be healthy. You have to be whole. So I think that the pandemic caused a lot of self-reflection in a lot of healthcare professionals. And now they're realizing that there's more out there and they can take control of how they care for patients and they can contribute and help patients' lives be healthier and through other manners aside from working for corporations. Now, there are some really great mission-oriented organizations out there that can definitely work to help with the mission of serving patients, but a lot of doctors are also starting direct primary care offices or working virtually online or joining healthcare tech to see how they can transform and impact populations from higher levels. So I think that this new era of healthcare is exciting because it's opening up the possibilities for us to not continue to work the way we've always worked and to figure out ways that we can keep our patients healthier and more engaged and just excited to live and thrive. So there are doctors out there building communities with patients and things like Isla and all of those kinds of things where I think there's hope for the future. I totally agree. And I really think that it's the first step in solutions to medical gaslighting too. When we think about that burnt out healthcare professional, one of the big things that we see is an inability to have empathy for others. It's a protective mechanism to disconnect from people, to isolate when you are burnt out or depressed or anxious, if we can find ways for us to come together as healer, the person who's needing healthcare is humans together. We know that human connection is very healing for both parties. Absolutely. And I can just see the space for the connection growing. And that's what I'm so passionate about, especially working in the telehealth space where To be honest, there isn't as much connection as being in person and they're automating a lot of things and stuff like that. So you have to figure out 
a way how to combat that and bring that humanism back into medicine. So we can utilize technology and see more people and create access and create equity and create all of these things that are improving outcomes. But we also have to remember that there are humans involved. So working to figure out how we can merge the two is quite exciting. Yes. I think as you were talking about with this group of peacemakers, figuring out with those experts who really know human connection, the social workers, the teachers, the other folks in our society who have that knowledge and that that ability will be so helpful to harness that as we're thinking about these solutions moving forward. Absolutely. So if someone were wanting to get involved, is there a way that they can connect with you if they're like, I need to sign up for this pacemaker. Like I want to be involved, like how, or they are like, oh goodness, I need to get Dr. Urquita like to come speak for my, my organization. What is a good way to connect with you and to find you? Absolutely. This is such an exciting time because I am looking for people who want to collaborate on these types of things. So you can definitely check out my website at drurkeda.com, D-R-E-R-K-E-D-A.com. And there's a little link that says contact me. So you can reach out in that way. And also just email me. My name is a little difficult to spell. So I'm going to spell it out for you guys. I have it in the show notes too. It'll be in the show notes. E-L-D-E-R-O-N-M-L.com or hit me up on LinkedIn, Urquita Duran MD. So there are multiple ways to reach out and I'm very excited to help us transform healthcare together. Even if you're a listener and you don't work in healthcare, that's okay. I want you involved too. So I love having virtual coffees with people and I love engaging with organizations to see how they can make their employees healthier because it's very important to not only have your employees healthy, but yourselves like CEOs and all of the C-suites, VPs and all of those kinds of things are very stressed and stress can take years off of your life. So we can definitely also talk about workshops for executives that can help them figure out how to incorporate health and wellness into their busy schedules. Amazing. I mean, if I was just thinking another way to check out some of your speaking and to learn from you, if someone's listening, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to listen to more of what she's talking about. Your talk is available for free on the Isla app too, from the autoimmune wellness or warriors summit. So that's another place where people can be like, Hey, I want to learn and, and absorb all this wisdom that you are putting out into the world. And I do have a question, a totally unrelated question, a little bit off the wall. Are you Disney World or Disneyland? Oh, I'm totally Disney World. All right. I'm going to be honest. I've never been to Disneyland. I have been to LA a few times, but I'm an East Coast girl. Why go to a little land when you can go to the world? Like... (laughs) Animal Kingdom, come on. Oh, that's so fun. We need to incorporate that in our trip back. I have to say, I think as an adult, Epcot is probably my favorite. I love that frozen ride. <laughs> yeah, that that's super fun. What about you? So the only reason I've been to World went once as a kid and then a couple times as an adult because of some continuing education opportunities in Orlando. My in-laws live in Los Angeles. So we went to land once. 
I do have to say they both have their like pros and cons. Land is nice in that everything's more compact. So I was thinking of our listeners who may be dealing with more joint and like mobility issues. Land is a little smaller. It's a little more contained. And there is a really fun cars ride in the, it's not Disneyland, but it's like the California America park or whatever mm-hmm. next door. That was pretty fun. That's it's definitely yeah, fun it, it, magical spaces. Yeah. There, there's access for people. I can see that at Disneyland and it's more historic. Like it's the first. So how about you go to both guys and you let us know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Maybe we could do a poll. We will make sure to have all of Dr. Urquita's links, her website. And, and depending on when this We're still waiting to hear when our TEDx talks are going to go live on the main TEDx YouTube, but we will make sure that if if and when that goes live, we'll try to update the show notes so that you can click over and watch that there as well, because that talk was on fire and so exciting. And I think gives me so much hope on even those days when I leave clinic and I'm like, oh gosh, the system is so broken. <laughs> like, how are we going to fix it? It's talking with you and, and seeing the enthusiasm and leadership commitment to blowing those limiting beliefs out of the water that I think give me hope that in our generation, we will hopefully see better care, more equity and hopefully more physicians that look like the patients we're taking care of too. I think it really starts from the ground up in fostering pre-meds, medical students, ensuring that we are building them up with tools that are going to help them stay resilient as we foster all of this change and really bring this change to the forefront. Oh, thank you so much for those kind words. I'm very excited for it to come out as well. And I really appreciate you for fighting the good fight and for highlighting how patients can advocate for themselves. Like she's talking about my talk, but her talk was fire as well. So I cannot wait for it to come out and for you guys to pitch in with us and give us feedback on it and let us know how you want to contribute. Yes, because it really is all about Ted is sharing ideas, getting ideas out there, talking about them, and then seeing where we can go with them to make them. Is it something we want to see as a reality? And if so, let's let LFG, let's go. Yay. <laughs> so I really appreciate you for inviting me to come on today. And Thank you so much. And what's ahead for you? I can't wait to connect again soon. Absolutely. If you like what you're hearing so far and you think others would benefit from hearing it too, it would be amazing if you would take a few minutes to rate and review the Crunchy Allergist podcast. Ratings and reviews are the best way to make podcasts discoverable. I would love it if you'd give me your honest opinion and of course a five-star review would be great. If you click the subscribe button, you will automatically receive weekly episodes without needing to do anything else. And if you feel called to share with your friends or family, I would be so grateful. If you like what you're hearing and would like to learn more about how we can work together, head over to drkarawada.com.